Hey, what is up, Conroe? This is Rick TRC. You are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZWLP Conroe and 106.1 on KZCCLP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Extension Hour. I'm Amy Ressler, County Extension Agent for Family and Community Health. And we're going to do a special show today. So we're going to do a little different than we usually do. So this is the Extension Hour. We're here every Friday, 1 to 2 p.m. And we talk all about our people, our programs, our partnerships, just a little bit about all kinds of things with Extension. And one of the big parts of Extension, a very important component of our organization, is our 4-H program. So what we want to do is we're going to do a few shows that we're going to kind of um, we're going to sort of call it 4-H 101. Um, so we're going to just kind of talk about some basics of the 4-H program because people often hear about 4-H, but there's a lot of questions that go along with it. Um, so we want to just kind of explore some of that in a few different um, shows that we do. So today we're going to just kind of start out with some enrollment basics. So we have with us Justin Sines, and he is our 4-H He's, he works for the 4-H program. He's County Extension Agent, Urban Youth Development. I should probably just let you do this so that you could introduce yourself. So, Justin, say hi. Introduce yourself. Hello. My name is Justin Sines. I am the Urban Youth Agent here in Montgomery County. I've been here now a little over a year, almost going a year and a half now. But I've been with Extension for five years now. So you're a city kid, urban youth agent? I'm joking. <laughs> so I'm messing with you. Because in Extension, that's another thing that we do. We throw out a lot of terms sometimes that people just, you know, we assume people mm-hmm. know what we mean. And then... Um, it could sound different. So when you say you're urban youth, that sounds like you're a city kid. But that's kind of, so urban youth development agent. So that's your, your discipline. So I do family and community health. You do urban youth development. We have Michelle Mahalik. She does 4-H youth development. We could go through the whole list. So we also have agriculture, natural resources, and horticulture. So we're fortunate here in Montgomery County. We have a very large staff, and not every county in Texas has that. But urban youth development is kind of like non-traditional 4-H youth development stuff, right? Right. Non-traditional projects. And we do a lot with the schools. So we do as much as we can to get into the schools and offer curriculum enrichment with them and bring a little bit of 4-H to some of those kids. Typically, the counties that are going to have urban youth agents are going to be the more uh, populous counties, such as Montgomery, Harris, Fort Bend, San Antonio, Tarrant, I think also Dallas might as well, but more of the populous areas. Yeah. All right. So, and you came to us from Fort Bend County, so another large area. There you were 4-H. I was 4-H Youth mm-hmm. Development. And then before that? I was in B County for six months in a training position as an extension assistant where I was able to learn a little bit more about what it is to be an agent for six months and kind of be under the wing of a trainer agent. Okay. And you're really proud of where you went to college too. A little bit, yes. Yeah. Iowa State University from Texas, but I went up north and froze for a couple of years. <laughs> All right. Well, we're very glad to have you here with us, Justin, to talk about um, 4-H things. But we have the person who really knows what's going on in Montgomery County 4-H. We have with us Jennifer Dirks. She is our 4-H coordinator. Um, so a support staff. So we have some awesome support staff. That's another wonderful thing. We've got great staff, uh, great agents, and we talk about the agents, and we've had them on a lot. But having a support staff here is um, 
a, a treat. So I'm so glad you could be with us here today, I am Jennifer. Too. Thank you. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about you. Uh, so I am Jennifer Dirks. I'm the 4-H uh, assistant coordinator. Uh, for, basically, I help manage the office. While everybody's out running crazy, I hold down the fort. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm usually the primary person that answers the phone to answer the questions, uh, direct our parents as well as our club managers and everything in the direction that they need to go to get the information that they need um, and all, basically anything that that can entail. Anything you can imagine, I could be asked kind of thing. And um, but just basically assist and help take care of things while they're out for different events um, and those kind of things. Hmm. And you grew up here in Montgomery County, right? I grew up here. I am a born and raised Montgomery County girl, um, 4-H uh, involvement uh, for a very long time. Um, so I relate to the program very well, and it holds true and dear to my heart. Um, I know how much work that these kids put into their projects, um, regardless of whether it's livestock or non-livestock, they all take a lot of time and dedication. So hmm. it's a program that I'm really happy to actually be helping lead from the front of. And you've got two beautiful future 4-H'ers, right? <laughs> I do, I do. My second one was just born in September of this past year, um, and her older brother, he turned four in September also. So mm-hmm. I've got two that keep me busy at home, and we're about ready to start going through those years of exploring where our interests take us. <laughs> All right. So if you call so if you call the Extension Office uh, and ask for the 4-H program, so we've got this menu system, right, where you press, I, I don't even know what it is, but you press one, two, three, two or things. four or five so to get to each one of them. So one of them is a 4-H and youth development, and you'll probably hear Jennifer answer the phone. Um, so you might call our Extension Office because you've heard of 4-H and you think that you might want to get your kids involved. Um, and I find that a lot of people, so people who grew up in the program mm-hmm. are very familiar with it. They kind of know what to expect, and it's kind of really easy for them to get involved. But even then, sometimes it can be um, overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even people who, um, so people who have, uh, like, show animals and that kind of thing. But sometimes people think that's all 4-H's, and there's a lot of other things that they can do, too. And we'll do a future show on um, non-traditional projects, or, you know, if we have time, we'll get into it today. But we want to talk about just how do you even get involved in 4-H? So, Jennifer, I'm a mom. I've got some okay. kids. I heard my friend say that 4-H is something I should do. Okay. Tell me more about it. Um, I typically, when I get those phone calls, um, the funny thing is, with County Fair coming around right now, it ups the phone calls that we get of the interest part, um, just because I think a lot of the school kids see that their friends are, hey, what do you mean you're participating in the County Fair? So I definitely get a higher volume of the interest call around this time of the year, and A lot of times I just start with, you know, what is your family interested in? Does your child already have an interest in doing certain things? Do they enjoy cooking? Um, A lot of times the the younger girls, you know, they are, they like their clothes, they like fashion, or, you know, some of the families are like, well, we have property and we'd like to start with a smaller animal project. Mm. And so I just try to go through and let them know what their options are, that, of course, 4-H is not just animals. There's a wide range of events that you can do. And it just really depends on what your family's wanting to take on. Um, 4-H is a family involvement. While, yes, it puts a lot of um, responsibilities on the youth, uh, it really takes the whole family to be involved in 4-H and take care Mm -hmm. of projects and get things done. So that's usually where I start out is just try to find out what direction we're going, how much do they already know about 4-H, um, a lot of my phone calls, I'll let them know. I'll start rattling off the information. When you, it sparks a question, let me know. Those kind of things and, and see where we go. 
each family is different because each family has a different interest. Some families have one kid, and some families have six kids. So it, it goes from building the conversation to find out what we're actually going to, where we're leading, what projects, and how much information one direction or the other. Right. Okay, so um, someone is interested. They don't even know what they're okay. interested in, right? So I, I don't know. There's so many projects, and I like this, and I like this, and I like this, and I like this. How do I even start... I mean, what, what's a, can I just go start doing things? <laughs> well, like we tell every family, you can take on as few projects to as many projects as you want. Um, usually where I'll start, if they're that undecisive and really have no idea, I'll get your email and I send to you a list of topics that you can, you can do some kind of project within 4-H with any of these topics. And then if they narrow it down to a couple, I typically then say, okay, go to our Texas 4-H webpage because it's going to break down each project even further to let you know exactly what is entailed with that project, some of the competitions that are available out there. You can get a little idea of how much time consuming this project is going to be because, of course, I mean, a livestock animal is a several-month commitment to where a clothing or textile project could be basically month-by-month -month project. And um, I let them know, take a look at it, and then give me a call back, and we can go from there, or reply to my email with additional questions, and we can go from there. We just help get you into a club, and those kind of things. Okay, so I want to show an animal. I just show up at the fair? We wish. <laughs> we wish it was that easy. Um, it's uh, this point in the year, I actually like the new interest to give me a call because I like to discuss the projects they're interested in. Um, while you can join 4-H at any point throughout the year, certain things do have deadlines. And at this point in the year, if you didn't meet those previous deadlines, of course, we can't just go out to the pasture and grab us a calf and head out to the show ring kind of thing. Um, but I recommend where I would do and, you know, start at this point, go visit the fair. Um, and then if that is a project that you're really interested in, give me a call back. I'll give you some dates to go ahead and jot down on your calendar. Keep these in mind because this is the step-by-step -step project. I mean, step-by-step -step, um, deadlines and things. Yeah, even though we, you can join Forge any part, any time of the year, our Forge calendar does run September 1st all the way through August 31st. So typically we have a lot of the information going out at the beginning of the Forge year in the fall mm -hmm. versus towards the end. So it's, it's, um, it's always good to contact us in the fall when school's getting started up. So is 4-H. It helps to keep things easy that way. Okay. And then I, um, you also have to, you need to join a club, right? So you have to enroll in membership. So how does that work? Well, through you the 4-H, I'll, I'll take <laughs> yeah. that one. Um, here in the 4-H, we utilize an online system that is connected all, across all 250 Four states in Texas, we all utilize Texas 4-H online. It's an online system where you create, you sign up, you put your email, you create a family profile, and from there you can put in your information of, you know, just your general contact information, um, parents' information because we need to have an emergency contact. Um, you'll put in where you, um, your address, the school, and make sure you live in Montgomery County. And also we have, um, you'll be able to select a club from there. Um, once you go through that whole process of creating a family profile, and then you could add a kid, and then you click submit, and we have a participation fee of thirty dollars right. to join 4-H, and that's an annual um, participation fee. And it's always it's thirty dollars for an entire year. Thirty dollars for the, uh, the whole year. If you sign up before I think November first of that year, it drops down to twenty five dollars, but. So you get a discount to uh, sign early up. Early bird discount. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. So. Um, how do people decide, like, 
you mentioned joining. So you just join and then that's it? Or tell me more about clubs and the club structure, how that works. So here in Montgomery County, we have about 25 different clubs scattered throughout the county. Some of those clubs are what we call community clubs, and they are made up of kids from around the community that have many different interests. Part of them will be livestock kids. Part of them will be who have interest in food and nutrition, photography, STEM, robotics. They're just a hodgepodge of different kids coming together, holding a business meeting. Each 4-H club is design, meeting is designed to be ran as a business meeting. Uh, there is a club officer structure, so we'll have a president, vice president, treasurer, secretary. So these kids are getting great life skills through Forge. It's not just coming to a meeting and learning about what's being announced in the county. These kids are actually running the meeting themselves, so there's a whole election process. And for our meetings, we usually have about five minutes of inspiration. We like to take about 20 minutes for business to run through the agenda. Then we'll have about another 20 minutes worth of programming, whether it be a hands-on activity, a guest speaker come in, Another, tw- um, another 15 minutes or so of some type of recreation, some type of fun game for the kids to play. So we often talk about, I mean, we start out talking about the projects because that's one of the things that um, kind of sort of the primary attraction. Mm-hmm. But um, someone could actually be in 4-H and not really ever do a project, although they're doing some projects without really knowing they're doing projects, I think, as part of it, too, that we can talk about um, leadership, community service, Public speaking, all of those are part of just coming to the, even coming to the meetings. And so coming to a meeting doesn't sound like a lot of fun, but they can be, right? We do, we do try to encourage our meetings to be a lot of fun. Um, like I said, usually a lot of the times the clubs will have food afterwards, so they'll have food and snacks for mm-hmm. them. And they always try to play some type of game, a lot of games with the kids. So usually the officers will have some type of icebreaker at the beginning of the meeting. And then, like I said, we'll have some type of recreation afterwards for the kids to get involved with. Mm-hmm. So we try to keep our, our meetings to an hour. We know everybody's in, incredibly busy uh, throughout the year. So we want to make sure when you do come to our meetings that we're keeping them at an hour so we're not overextending the meeting period too long. And we, we, don't, we also don't want to have the meeting too short if you drove you know, a good way for a five-minute meeting that's no point in coming to the meeting. So we'd like to have right. a good, good, meaningful hour. Right, and to get enough information, because what we're talking about now is that there's a lot to it, and so it does take some time. And some of the, the programs that you talked about, when they have like 20 minutes for programs with guest speakers and that kind of thing, they're learning things about their community. They're learning things about other projects they can do, maybe things that they've never thought of or didn't know was part of 4-H. We actually had a program, um, one of our clubs did a program, and they had someone from the sheriff's office come and talk about, you know, what to do when, if, if you need to call 911, here's what you have to do, here's, here's the information you need. And that uh, forger actually had to call 911, there was a forger that had to call 911 one time, and she was able to do it because of the forge program, and I think her mom had um, passed out or something. Wow. So she was able to use that knowledge from her 4-H club meeting and applied it to real life. Very cool. That's so, one of the questions I like getting more than anything is, what do I do if the club I want to join, nobody's doing the project I'm interested mm-hmm. in? And my, re- my response is always, mention that project. Bring that project to the surface. I said a lot of times club members aren't participating in that project because nobody else has sparked an interest in it or mm-hmm. even mentioned, hey, this is a possibility. So that's one thing I always tell them, don't shy away from a club just because of that. I said, bring all of that to the table because then the club is going to grow. Right. And then sometimes there's some projects that you've got kids from several different clubs that participate in a project together, right? Right. So when you sign up through Forge Connect on the online membership, you um, you don't have to select one club. You can select another. You can select multiple clubs. We don't suggest you join all 25 clubs. There's not enough time in a day for that. 
But if you want to join a community club, and then we also have project clubs that's, that are specifically um, meeting to talk about that a project like the dog club. We do have a dog club. So their main focus is working with their dogs and also getting ready for the State Forge Dog Show. So you could be a part of a community club and the dog club. Okay. So, uh, Jennifer, what kind of questions do you get about, um, or like people, what do they ask? What club do I join? How do I even know what club to join? That's actually a really good one that I get a lot um, is because most people say, I live in Conroe, so where's the Conroe Club? And while, of course, we do have a Conroe 4-H club, I let them know that with 25 clubs throughout our county, you don't necessarily have to join the one that is closest to you. While that is most convenient for people, um, I start with letting them know, you know, join the club that fits your family. Each one is going to be set up a little bit different with a little bit different personality. Uh, we're fortunate um, in that aspect of our county being so big to have so many clubs. Every one of our families can find one that fits them, whether it's the night that they meet, whether it's the size of their club, because we have clubs that range from 20 members to we've got a club that's a little over 100 members. Um, so sometimes size, you know, can help a family decide, sure. okay, we like the small, the more smaller, this, you know, intimate kind of, you know, where we know all the families or we don't mind just, you know, being another family in a larger club. And then I always let them know, if you can, check out two or three of them. Mm -hmm. um, many times they'll find that their kids already have friends or classmates that are in 4-H, and they just didn't realize it. So then, of course, we're naturally drawn to where we know somebody versus walking in completely brand new. All right. Okay, so say I'm looking at these 25 clubs and I've visited a couple and they're not, you know, I haven't found one that I feel like is a really good fit for my family. Um, what are my other options? So um, if there's not one close enough, like, like Jennifer saying, we have multiple uh, clubs across the county. So there may be some options to travel a little bit more if you want to find an established club. But we also have the availability to create our uh, new club. So a requirement for a Forge club is we need to have one, a willing adult to be the manager of the club. Then we also have to have at least five uh, members in that club that are from two different families. So it can't be Justin and all his 10 kids starting their own 4-H club. It has to be Justin and another family that's going to start that 4-H club. But there's a possibility to start new 4-H clubs every year. Uh, that's a lot how our some of our clubs get started. They're unable to meet on that day. So we have a group of, of families that can't meet that day. So they have, they say Thursdays work better than Tuesdays. And so they kind of branch off if they start a Thursday night club or... Um, there's there, a club manager might leave, and so the club kind of folds, and so then they start a new club. So there's different reasons, but we're always looking to start new clubs if possible or continue with existing ones. Right. And then is there a possibility to have a club in a school? For sure. So majority, when we think of traditional 4-H, we think of our community clubs that meet at 7 o'clock in the local church, you know, on a given weekday. But for which we do try to get into the schools as much as possible, and we do have um, throughout the state, we do have schools that are that have forage programs in them, and I think they're more a little bit more focused than our traditional forage clubs. So they'll focus on stuff like food and nutrition, um, horticulture with our junior master gardening program, but they're a little bit more specific to a grade level or an after school program. So that we already have a lot of opportunities here in Montgomery County, but we're not limited only to those. There are a lot of, there's other options that people can explore, but, you know, and even with, with 25 counties, you're, I mean, 25 clubs, you're likely to find one that yes, you like. For sure. Yeah. Okay. So um, another thing that comes up sometimes is people live in, or 
like live in one county, they want to join another uh, 4-H club in another county. Let's just talk briefly about that. It <laughs> happens, um, especially with Montgomery County being so large and that we do um, butt up against several other counties that you fall into. You do live in one county, but your school may be in the other county. Mm-hmm. Um, for instance, Harris and Montgomery County, um, several kids that live in Montgomery County, but schooling zoned them to a Harris County school. Um, so it does happen, and transferring 4-H's is what we call it. Um, and there's just some different stipulations and guidelines that the families do have to understand when we do that. Um, and, of course, we have to have a legitimate reason for wanting to do that cross-county transfer. Um, unfortunately, it can't just be because, well, all my other friends are in Montgomery County, or I don't like... I don't like this 4-H club. I only like this Montgomery County club. So it, it, it can be done. Um, like I said, there are special restrictions and guidelines that, that are required. So if that is a family in question, uh, we really like for them to give us a call. Let's talk about it and see what's going on and go from there with those. Okay. So um, we talked about finding a location for the club, um, and there's 25 in the county, so they're spread out kind of around the county. But we've got a really very nice website that's got some really good information, and um, we've got a cool interactive map where you can click on it. Talk more about that, Justin. So our website, it's agrilife.org. No, that's our county forge website. Our county website is montgomery.agrilife.org, I believe. (laughs) When Google. That's Montgomery be, County 4-H. Yeah. Texas. Oh, oh, be sure to do Texas, Texas though. <laughs> yes. yes. So that'll be the easiest because we do actually have two websites. We have a county website where we have all our disciplines, and then we have an actual county 4-H website because 4-H, we have a lot of um, different options to add stuff to our website with our various clubs, paperwork, um, newsletters, um, different various events. So instead of clogging the entire county website with all this information we have our own 4-H website where we can post all our 4-H stuff on there so if we go to our 4-H website you can google it and make sure you do put in Montgomery County Texas (laughs) because there is a Montgomery County in um Kentucky Kentucky Maryland Maryland I think there's an Alabama Alabama we get several calls you know once a year asking for the Montgomery County office of a different state so we always Mm. We want to make sure that it is Texas when you do Google Montgomery County. <laughs> when you do Google it, um, you'll bring up our Forge Boy page, and you'll see About tab, and then you'll see a club page. When you go to the club page, it lists all our clubs that we have here in the county, but, it, um, but there's also an interactive map. So we do have a Google map where it actually outlines the county. You can see where Montgomery County falls within that map, and each pin on there is an actual 4-H club, and it has their meeting location. So if um, you can click on the pin and you can actually get directions to that 4-H club meeting. Okay, so what do I do first? Do I go to a club or do I sign up on that website that you said? What was it? I push families to actually visit a club first. Um, We're all about our families and everything. So since 4-H does have a yearly enrollment fee, I don't like to see my families go in, pay. We've got three kids plus me as mom and we've now paid enrollment fees for everybody. We've attended a meeting and nobody, it's not really going to be our thing. So yes, I always push a family to at least go visit one club. Even if you're not for sure you're going to stay with that club, it's at least going to give you an idea of what 4-H entails, what our purpose is, what is out there to be able to do through 4-H, and you're going to find out if 4-H is going to be for your family. Once you realize it is for your family, then yes, go in and do your enrollment online on the Texas 4-H Connect webpage 
select your club because then at that point your club managers as well as our main county office will be able to access your information like your emails and phone number and things like that so we can make sure you're getting county information of things that's going on uh, countywide as well as your club manager can get your email information to send you county specific information okay and you mentioned mom does mom have to sign mom dad whatever parents <laughs> volunteers they have to sign up as well they don't have to sign up, but we strongly encourage them to sign up, especially if they're, if they're going to be a club manager or a project leader, then yes, they must sign up yeah. and be a registered volunteer. It's the same process as the kids through our 4-H Connect. It's the online system. With that, it is a $10 fee for being a registered adult volunteer, and with that $10, it goes towards paying for the background check. All volunteers within 4-H go through a, a, a screening to make sure that they are approved to work with our children. Right. So we take youth protection standards, standards. very seriously yes. um, just to make sure that our, our children are safe. So um, there is that background check. And the volunteers go through training as well? They do. Yep. So there's an online training, kind of things to look out for when you're working with kids. Because yes. sometimes they're, they don't, yeah, kids that are having lots of issues don't always just say, hey, I need help. Right. Sometimes the concerns aren't as a parent. Uh, you know, as being happy or being sad sometimes. Yeah. So, yes, they're, when they do their enrollment, there's some short little courses that they go through to complete. Um, takes really no time at all, but gives them a lot of valuable information. Okay, and we mentioned the cost, so 25 or $30 per child. Um, so what happens if people can't afford that? There are options? There are them? options. Um, they would need to contact our office. Uh, those are, of course, done on case-by-case basis um speak with not necessarily me i mean of course you're going to get me first but if that's the case that we're in um of course then i go to justin as well as michelle and let them know we have a family that is very interested um but unfortunately funds may be a little tight and we have grant options um, we have grant options and then of course we try to set aside some county funds and things to help out some of the families that are in those situations Good. And, you know, $30 per child. I mean, some of the other youth activities are 10 to 15 times right. as much right. as that. So it is pretty, pretty economical. So we're talking that's the enrollment fee. Mm -hmm. um, and then are there to so want to get involved in 4-H? So you, are there costs that are involved with that? It depends on um, the project you choose. So if we do ch decide to do a livestock project, and I'll use a, a steer as an example because it's probably mm -hmm. one of the, mo more ex the most expensive project. You're looking at, you know, purchase. For, you have to have the land to house the steer. Then you have to buy, purchase the steer. You know, it's going to be a couple of thousand dollars in feed and hay over a course of a year. You're going to look at, a, you know, quite a bit of expenses over the year. But if you look at another project, maybe like leadership, where that there won't be very, as many costs with it. It'll be attending meetings. Maybe you're a president of your 4-H club. That could be one of your highlights in your project record book is, you know, the number of meetings that you conducted. If you, maybe you taught younger 4-H'ers about uh, an, a different top, a different project, or you conducted icebreakers or learning sessions. So that project doesn't have as many costs versus a steer. So it depends mm -hmm. on what you're looking at and the different projects as what it's going to cost in 4-H. There's not a, mm -hmm. here's, here's the um, a table with how much money you're going to spend each year on 4-H. It, it depends. Right, right. And I, but you know, I, we're talking about money. 
But the value, I think, of 4-H and the experiences that um, they get through 4-H, I mean, there's lots of really good youth organizations Mm -hmm. out there, but I think 4-H is really unique in the kinds of things that they offer. So we're talking about responsibility. We're talking about leadership. We're talking about being able to speak in front of others, and we can um, talk a lot about those kinds of benefits that happen with 4-H. So, you know, when you're evaluating or deciding that is it is it worth the money it's totally worth the money yep there was actually a study done um that was released i think three years ago it was looked over the uh, over 10 years and what the um the benefit of 4-h was and um i probably misquoted but i think it was kids are i think three times more likely to be engaged in their community um four times more likely to be civically active, two times uh, 4-H, two times more likely to choose STEM projects. So they actually showed some actual benefit to uh, the 4-H model that we have, and it has actually been the, the, the 4-H model of positive youth development has actually been adopted by other youth organizations, such mm-hmm. as the Boy Scouts and the Girl Scouts and other organizations that, that saw the results of this and then try to use that model. Yeah. Kids learn a lot of good stuff in mm-hmm. school, too, but 4-H gives them the opportunity to kind of take that a little bit further, sort of gives them a reason to learn more about things that they might not have even thought about right. um, previously. Right. I mean, as a 4-H kid growing up, I mean, you never really see what all your parents put into you and your projects. Um, you just know that you wanted to do it and they found a way to make it happen. Of course, now fast forward several years later to being a, a mom now, I see, you know, I see how present my, my family was. My parents were in projects since 4-H is a family thing. They were always there to help, assist, you know, competitions, everything like that. Um, when you talk about public speaking and leadership, I, for one, can honestly say, had it not been for 4-H and getting involved, holding a leadership role, this right here would not have happened. <laughs> not a chance. Um, so it's definitely, aside from building responsibility, um, whether you realize you learned it now or you know later, like I'm realizing now, I had an animal that was solely dependent on me to make sure they ate. Well, now I have kids that are solely dependent on me <laughs> to make sure they stay, you know. Right. So it is, it's it's responsibility that you learn, you know, in different aspects. And like I said, you know, you realize how present you want to be with your own family and things like that. And it's, it's useful skills that you'll always continue to use. Yeah. We have been on a roll. <laughs> we are talking about so many great things, um, but we are going to take a little bit of a break. Um, we'll regroup. We'll come back. We're going to talk a little bit more about um, all those questions that people have about 4-H. I mean, we've, we've just like barely scratched the surface here. So we're going to be back in just a few minutes to give you some really, really good, valuable information. Family and community health programs provide science-based education designed to improve the overall health and wellness of individuals, families, and communities. Developed by experts and delivered locally. Topics include child and adult health, nutrition, child care, financial management, passenger and community safety, and building strong families. All encouraging lifelong health and well-being for every person, every family, and every community. We are Texas A&M AgriLife Extension helping Texans make their lives better. Lone Star Community Radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show. With monthly and weekly slots available on Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, 
and on IRLoneStar.com. Start your own podcast, create your first YouTube channel, and be on TV. Contact Lone Star Community Radio online at IRLoneStar.com or call the message line at 936-647-3776 to take your first step into the radio world. What is homelessness? Have you seen parents struggle to find a job without having transportation or childcare? What about the children sleeping in cars with nothing to eat? Families shouldn't have to struggle to survive and children should not be homeless. Family Promise of Montgomery County serves the needs of homeless families and their children. Learn about ways you can help and learn about partnership opportunities at www.familypromiseofmc.org or call our day center at 936 441 8778. Listen in Mondays at noon to hear Conroe news from local nonprofits, businesses, upcoming events, Conroe Park events, news stories, and information that matters to you with your host, Margie Taylor of Taylorized PR. For more information about being a guest, visit IRLoneStar.com slash Conroe Culture. Welcome back. We have been talking about 4-H enrollment, basically. So the 4-H program, huge part of Texas A&M AgriLife Extension, um, 4-H and Youth Development. 4-H is actually available all throughout the, the nation and actually even in other countries. They've got some 4-H clubs. So it is um, probably the largest, I mean, if not the largest, definitely one of the largest youth organizations um, in America. And we've got uh, lots of different opportunities for kids to participate in. We've been talking a little bit about the traditional club. We could have another show sometime when we talk about curriculum enrichment and other types of um, 4-H involvement that happens. But we've been um, just talking about, you know, someone heard about 4-H, maybe wants to join. What do they do? And so Jennifer gave some really great um, suggestions and wonderful information there. It was kind of funny. So our first section, our first segment was about 30 minutes long. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's how long phone call takes. (laughs) So um, this actually, uh, the Extension Hours is podcast on YouTube and a couple other uh, platforms and so you can go back and listen to it so you know if, if someone's listening and it's not a, like the extension office mm-hmm. is not open because uh, we are eight to uh, eight to noon and one to five um, is usually the hours that Jennifer is there so um, you know you can listen to the this podcast and find out all kinds of information be basically what Jennifer just told you is what she <laughs> tell you on the phone um, but so we were talking to during the break about some of the other kinds of questions that people ask so how old do you have to be to be in 4-H? So in 4-H, we are a youth organization. So uh, to be a bona fide 4-H member, it, we have kids that are 3rd through 12th grade. And within that, we have different age divisions because sometimes we'll have 4-H contests and we don't want to put a 3rd grader with a 12th grader. So we break it down into what we call juniors, which is 3rd through 5th grade. Intermediates is going to be 6th through 8th grade. And our seniors are going to be ninth through 12th grade. And we do have another age level they're called Clover Kids. Um, here in Montgomery County, we don't have a county-wide Clover Kid program, but some of our clubs do have Clover Kid activities, and those are going to be for kids who are K through second. And with Clover Kids, those are uh, those get in for free. They, there's no participation fee for being a Clover Kid like there is for a regular Forge membership. The only thing with Clover Kids is they're not allowed to compete. We don't want our kids to be com- going to contests. We want we want to focus on those first two years of those positive life skills such as teamwork, um, 
cooperation and just good learning. We don't really want to get into the contest part of things quite yet. Right. So just it's age appropriate, age appropriate. for yeah the yep. young ones to um, just enjoy being kids. Yes. Um, so then when they are in third grade, they can start competing, and there's a variety of contests that are available. Um, and we'd also, it, it's important to mention, too, that it goes, 4-H age goes by grade, um, which is a little different because uh, when did we change that? few years ago, Um, but prior to that, it was like your age as of September 1st, and we went by like nine to whatever. Um, You had to be nine or in the third grade, and you couldn't be older than 18, but it has changed, so important distinction just in case. Um, So by by grade is what we're talking about. So so some people will hear about... um, showing livestock and that kind of thing and they they think of 4a they think of 4h but sometimes they also think of ffa and sometimes the different it's hard to know the difference so you know kind of in a nutshell how would you either one of you how would you describe the difference well with um (laughs) both organizations are you know driven by youth and they're all about promoting agriculture but they're just a little bit different in how they're conducted with FFA, that is predominant. That is conducted only through the schools, and so each school, usually, it's going to be a high school. They'll have um, an agricultural department with an agricultural science teacher, and with that, they'll teach classes such as Animal Science 101, welding, floriculture, and with that, usually, there's going to be an FFA chapter, and that's kind of like their club that they have, and they have paid membership, and they have their own state association office. Sometimes those FFAs will have junior FFA for younger kids in middle school, maybe elementary, but typically it's gonna be high school aged kids. 4-H on the other hand, we're not typically always involved with the schools. Sometimes we have an in-school club, but a lot of our clubs and our kids meet after school in our our community clubs. They usually meet you know, in the evenings when mom and dad have already taken off. And so with that, our kids are gonna be third through 12th grade. We're gonna have a mixture of those two. And they're completely two different organizations. Um, you know, 4-H doesn't run FFA, FFA doesn't run 4-H, but we do work together a lot, especially when it comes to like our county fairs and uh, some of the other shows. Right. And Jennifer, a good number of our clubs are homeschool clubs, right? So the 4-H, which we mentioned there's 25 clubs in Montgomery County, and some of those, they're not exclusively homeschool, but right. pretty much for um, homeschool families. There are a couple that are dominantly the homeschool um, kids, um, kind of like I reverted back to earlier and Justin hit on about starting up a new 4-H club. Uh, several of those families, because of their homeschool schedule or their, you know, co-op homeschool schedule, however they have it set up, makes it easier for them to meet at certain times, um, say middle of the day versus 7 p.m. at night. So therefore, there's enough of those families and enough of a commitment there to come together to create those new 4-H clubs. Uh, while none of our clubs are strictly homeschool or public school um, or private school, they're all mixed. You can still join any one of them. Um, our, of course, some of our homeschool dominant clubs are very open to other members. If it, you know, if their club is what fits their, you know, their interest and their schedule and everything. So yes, um, they're all a mix. They're all a mix, and you can still join any one of them, regardless. And so I know with FFA, they do obviously livestock and stock shows and that kind of thing. And they do a few other things, some public speaking, and um, they've got other uh, contests as well. And sometimes those are um, yeah, at the same time. So, so I'm thinking of some of the major livestock shows. We mentioned the county fair. So usually to participate in those, you have to be a member of either 4-H or FFA. So right. you have to be in one to participate in that, but you can um, do either. So at... Um, 
fair and livestock shows. There's lots of uh, contest for people or students to participate in. So the one I'm most familiar with is one I help with is the, the food challenge, which I think is a wonderful contest. <laughs> um, and so there's um, like Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo is coming up. Um, and they usually do a food challenge. Uh, last two, four years, I think we've been doing food challenge at Houston. And so there's a FFA teams that participate, and there's 4-H teams that participate. And so they, we, we kind of pattern those rules after our 4-H rules because I don't know that FFA had food challenge before, um, you know, the stock shows. But that is one of the things. Can you think of others that are, are that are very similar? So with our robotic, uh, agrobotic contest is uh, the same concept as food challenge. It was uh, modeled after the 4-H contest, but we do have FFA uh, chapters that send kids to the contest. We actually had this conversation uh, earlier this week that we do have a few contests that are exactly alike, but then also some of them, um, even though the content's the exact same between Fortune and FFA, I think the wildlife challenge is kind of an example. There's a separate contest for FFA members and a separate contest for 4-H because their contest models are different. So it's too hard to mesh them together. It's just they have, you wouldn't work out to mesh them two together because it kind of goes against what they're preparing for for their district or state contest. Sure. So, And you mentioned robotics, mm -hmm. which I would say too that we did a show a few months ago few months about ago. Um, robotics. And so if that piques your interest, you can go back and listen to that YouTube uh, video or the podcast about all about um, robotics. Um, okay, so we're, we've talked about contest, and we can get more into contest um, in future um, conversation. But so not every kid is about contests and competing. So what are the other benefits of 4-H? I mean, we do workshops, right? So that you can you can go to workshops, you can learn all kinds of things. You don't necessarily have to be in a contest right. unless you just want to. I mean, it's a cool way to show off what you've learned. So what, what kind of uh, workshops are available for kids? So once you join 4-H and you pay your participation fee, uh, that, that covers your Montgomery County 4-H or your Texas 4-H'er. Uh, so we do offer some county-wide programs that are not specific to 4-H Club. It's anyone can come to our workshops. Usually they're either free or at very low cost. Um, so this past year we had two science workshops in the evening. So we did some super fun experiments during, the, during Halloween that were themed. We had some smoke-filled bubbles. We were making um, some string slime. We were working with dry ice, and so it was a lot of fun. Um, everything was neon, and we had black light, so it could look kind of creepy and eerie. It was tons of fun. We had about, I think, 18 kids come along with their parents where they were watching, so that was super fun. Then we did another workshop with electricity and Tesla coils, and we had dads and moms with their kids building these Tesla coils. So it is truly a family an affair when you're coming to our Forge programs and they're learning a lot what the kids are learning. It's very hands-on. Mm -hmm. Another fun one we did was a uh, meat science. So it was a Saturday event. Sometimes we have workshops on the weeknights and they're going to be shorter, an hour, hour and a half. If we need to do a little bit more in-depth um, programming, it's going to be on a Saturday for at least two hours. And so we did meat science. We learned about the different cuts. We did a, we um, tried to match the name of a cut of beef pork or lamb to the actual cuts, something that you would typically see in the grocery store. So both kids and parents were learning what the different steaks were called. Then we went over meat judging where you can actually, it's actually a contest, but it's also a good life skill to understand is when you're at the meat counter, which steak is, which steak would, is going to be the best buy. We talked about marbling. Most folks don't know marbling is the intramuscular fat. The more the marbling, the more 
the flavor you're going to add in the juiciness. And we actually had a taste test of that. So we got a lot of great information. Both kids and their parents were there learning the exact same thing. And then we did a grilling 101 session where they actually got to grill their own steaks and have for lunch. So those are some of the workshops that we put on. We did a cake decorating workshop. So typically it's Cake decorating is not a food and nutrition project, but there were kids out there who had an interest, and we had about 10 kids come to our workshop. Yes, well, it just made me think of a big part of 4-H is career development. So, you know, it it doesn't necessarily go along with health and wellness and good nutrition. Um, You know, when you just think about making and eating cupcakes, although, you know, (laughs) it's good, it's fine. Life's all about choices, but I'm not going to digress too far. We're going to talk about... (laughs) Career development, because almost every one of those projects that you can do in 4-H, mm-hmm. it kind of gives you a chance to sort of test out a little bit, to kind of learn a little bit more about um, a potential career so that you know if you're really interested or not. Because, you know, sometimes kids hear about, you know, whatever, I, I want to be a pilot. But, you and I don't even know, <laughs> that's probably not a good example. of. Uh, I don't know if there's a aerospace. 4-H project. Pro- okay. We have an aerospace, aerospace study, project. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, there's almost anything that you can... Um, <laughs> Learn about, uh, so another one that is a very good example is the Vet Science Project. Yes. So kids yes. who are thinking about being veterinarians, um, they, that's a pretty intensive um, workshop where they go through several weeks and they learn, and they can actually come out with a certification yes. um, in this uh, this project as well. So then, you know, kind of get an idea, do I really want to be a veterinarian? Right, I actually had a kid when I was in Fort Bend County, she started the Vet Science Program with the intent of getting her veterinary assistant certificate. And after going through the program over the course of four or so years, she decided she did not want to be a veterinarian. So it saved her and her parents' money when choosing, when deciding to finally go to college. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a route that you know we're not gonna we're not gonna go that route. So, with um, getting into vet school, you know, it's four years of undergrad. You have to have a high GPA, then you have to apply for vet school, and that's another four years. So, finding out early that that's not something you want to do is going to be beneficial in the long run. And so we, we also touched a little bit on some of the things that are sort of throughout all of our 4-H projects. So we have leadership, um, public speaking, community service. Um, so let's talk a little bit about those. So leadership is one that kids can learn. So it gives them an opportunity to um, just kind of practice leadership in a, you know, and we're not talking about we're going to go out and save the world kind of leadership. We're talking about sometimes it can be as simple as helping to pass out the agenda at for, for the, especially for the little ones when we're talking mm-hmm. about you know third graders. Maybe that's something that makes them a little bit nervous, but they learn to um, to do that. So tell me some other examples that you've seen. So with leadership, the way we kind of design it is with our Forge Club meeting is a lot of the times our younger Forge members will be audiences, audience members in the club meeting. Our older Forge are typically going to be our officers. And through the years, as they get more comfortable with running a Forge meeting, and we do run our Forge meetings with the parliamentary procedure following Robert Robert's rules, which is beneficial down the road when you go to city council meetings or you join clubs outside once you leave high school. So they're going to have the parliamentary procedures down uh, pretty well. Um, so as they go through that process, those kids will slowly start to take on a little bit more responsibility. And before I know it, they're the ones who are going to be actually running that meeting. When I first joined 4-H, I went to my first meeting. I remember I was incredibly scared to be at the meeting. I sat by my mom. I didn't want to speak up. I didn't want to raise my hand at all. I was that shy to be around all these new folks. By the time I grad, uh, was graduating high school in 12th grade, I was actually running the actual club meeting. 
So it's, it's a great way to get those kids involved and see the growth over time. Leadership is one of them. So a lot of the times we come into Forge with one idea. I want to show a pig. And so we go, we join Forge and we show pigs. And then we find out, oh, I can do food challenge. And so then you do food challenge. And then you might hear that you could do photography at the county fair. So you do photography as well. And by the time you become a senior forager, you have all these projects under your belt and you have all this knowledge. So we always encourage our senior foragers to maybe take a younger forage under their wing, give them some information, or maybe they help us with a workshop or a seminar. Here's how, here's showmanship on our livestock project, or maybe they help them with their photography project. So that's some ways we can get some leadership um, opportunities in our 4-H members. And Jennifer, you touched mm -hmm. on this just a little bit about um, public speaking mm -hmm. and um, that you're, you're comfortable right now in front of the <laughs> microphone, but um, can you, do you recall some of your experiences in 4-H and how that developed your, um, you got over your fear? I remember, I mean, you basically, you know, nobody really pushed me, but I was encouraged. And of course it was little steps. It was little steps of, hey, help them pass these papers out. Um, you know, once I got a little bit older and, you know, did I want to run for an officer position within the club? You know, don't jump into being president or anything, but, you know, there are, there's the secretary, there's the treasurer, there, you know, there's the uh, historian. Um, you know, there's some little less, some roles that don't include, you know, quite as much president as the, pre as the president does. Um, and I was just encouraged to take little steps like that. And then a couple of times um, there were groups that they needed an extra member because somebody got sick and they were headed to the competition and it was like, hey, just jump in there and go and not knowing, a, you know, anything about what I was about to do. You know, I just had to wing it. Made me realize, you know, I can do, you know, I can do this. It's, it's all a mind over matter thing. So you, you know, little steps to, you know, like Justin was saying, the Clover kids, getting them comfortable, getting them comfortable around people other than just mom and dad or brother and sister and, and building their confidence level up to where they can. They are ready to run a meeting or once they graduate, they're ready to take on the world and, you know, take that leadership role and not be a follower. Right. Um, so speaking of opportunities for leadership and we weren't going to give any like specific dates because they can change so always you know check check with your local county extension <laughs> agent what's coming up but there are some um, things that happen pretty regularly so we've talked about the uh, contest but county council is a is a great right. opportunity to learn about so the way leadership. we have um our county kind of structures we have local meetings which are going to be our club meetings those are typically going to be within those communities but we also have county council and the idea behind the county council is each club will send a delegate to county council. We once a month, we give information at county council. We run it very much like a regular forage club meeting. We um, we do inspiration. We have a business agenda. We have a program and we have recreation. But at, at county council, the kids who go there kind of help decide the the direction that the county forage program is going. So they'll decide on what community service projects we're going to do for the year. What you know, um, what activities do we want to plan that you know we can get kids interested in so with county council that meets the fourth monday of every month um september through april we do take summer off for county council just because there's the, plenty of other things to do in the there's, summer yes plenty of other things to do <laughs> in the we'll summer and our kids are usually going to be busy as well so we give them the summer off somewhat um for that but with county council one of the big components that we have here in montgomery county is we offer a community service project with each council meeting. Community service is, community service is another huge pillar in the 4-H uh, wheelhouse. We do wanna promote community service. 
um, because it's we want our kids be, to give back to their communities, understand the importance of giving back. But then we also think of on a, on a long run as they continue to be active in community service. Once they get to high school and they start filling out those applications and you're needing community service project, you can look back at all these years of being in Fortune, all the act, uh, community service activities. But a few examples of what we have done this year is we went to Strike Place and played bingo with those citizens there. We did Adopt a Child for um, Christmas. We did Project Linus. We made blankets. We're going to do um, Show Pets Some Love and collect items for local shelters. We help with the Angels Rodeo that gets put on in March, uh, Safe Harbor Collection. And we're also going to do, I think, yeah, Safe Harbor is what we have for our next meeting, but those are throughout the year. So it gives our kids an opportunity to have a small community service project in the in the county. But we also do service projects at, on the district level and on the state level. So these kids have the opportunity to really inf- influence their club, their community, their country, and even their world through these projects. Yes, which I'm glad you said that because I was just thinking, we've done this whole show and we haven't even really, I mean, you know, like we said, we're going to start with the basics, but we didn't even really talk about what the 4-H's are and <laughs> why, do, why, what is 4-H. Um, so... It's just a green clover. Don't you know that? <laughs> right? It, it means you're lucky, right? right. Going back to your earlier comment, those folks who have been in 4-H, we kind of forget, you know, folks don't under, quite understand the basics. Uh, what 4-H is. We say 4-H and we automatically see a green clover with 4-H's mm-hmm. and we understand what those 4-H's are. are. And we say 4-H'ers, which yeah. are 4-H, 4-H members, members. Yeah. people who are in 4-H. <laughs> we yeah. call them 4-H'ers. <laughs> and sometimes we run that together. Um, <laughs> but the 4-H's do stand for something which is kind of pervasive throughout everything that happens in the 4-H program. So head, heart, hands, health. Yes. And through those 4-H, those 4-H's, <laughs> We have life skills, and I think we have something like 42 different life skills that go around each of those head, heart, hands, and health. All right. So I think we've had a really great show today. We've talked about um, great, you know, just really important information, right? So some of it might have been like, you know, tedious or whatever, but there's just, it's it's easier to get into 4-H than maybe um, sometimes people might think that it is. And so it can be as simple as just calling up the extension office and finding out and keep asking questions because there is one of the great things about extension and the 4-H program is that there is always um, people who will help and find information. Websites, great information there. So we've got texas4h.tamu.edu, Montgomery County, the website that we mentioned. Um, There's also a great Facebook page that's got wonderful information. So Make sure it's Texas. (laughs) Yeah, and make sure you're in Texas. All right, so we've got one minute left. You guys say the 4-H pledge with me, and then we'll... um, can't give you a chance to think of it. Yeah, no, we're good. And then, and then um, we'll we'll close out today's show. So, like I said, this is kind of a basic. We always talk about people, programs, partnerships, and 4-H has all of those in extension. Um, and we'll do more shows about more specific things about different project areas and that kind of thing. But um, right now, just join 4-H and in support of the 4-H Club yes. motto to make, to make the, the best, best better. better. I, I pledge my head to clearer thinking. thinking. My heart to greater loyalty, my hands to larger service, and my health to better living for my club, my community, my country, and my world. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.